nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 394, June 3rd, 2020. It was 92 degrees on this day in 1923, and of course, that meant everyone was swimming, but without the benefit of a weed-free beach because Aquaside had yet to be invented. Aquaside came into the scene in 1956. They've been keeping lake shores and ponds and swimming holes free of weeds and algae and unknown vegetation. Their products are easy to use. They work right away. The products are registered with both the EPA and DNR, and they're safe. So you don't have to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside. They'll help you identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Uh, Aquaside pellets, for example, are their top seller. They work fast. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com for a weed-free swimming beach summer. The record uh, low on this day was in 1945 when it was 34 degrees. And now... From the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. This was sent to me. I've been telling you guys about it off air, but I have not read it to you. This was sent to me by a fellow in Highland who saw it stapled to a utility pole in Highland. Almost like a lost dog kind of a deal? Mm -hmm, Exactly. Removing this flyer shows the type of person you are. Hello, Highland Village. These flyers are being posted in your area to the socioeconomic status your town holds. The average household income for Highland Village is $166,243. If you want your luxury stores to stop being looted, then use your privilege and socioeconomic advantage to amplify and aid the voices of this movement. Justice for George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, no justice, no peace. Donate to organizations and sign petitions. That's extortion. Wow. That might as well be a ransom note. And it's wrong on so many fronts. For example, there's no such thing as an average income. There might be a median income. And uh, Highland Village uh, is a completely commercial entity distinct from Highland Park. So the, the income thing is bogus. That's BS. The second thing that's wrong for it is, why would I want to contribute to Black Lives Matter when Black Lives Matter has shown me nothing? They've shown me nothing. Until they act in Chicago, where unfortunately young black lives don't matter, then why should I contribute to them? 
This is an outrage. Not to mention, what's what's luxury? Uh, what luxury stores have been looted or burned? It's happening in New York. But well, what didn't our didn't our friends Moeller? Didn't they get hit? They're, they yeah, they boarded up. They boarded up. But but what's luxury about a Speedway gas station or a CVS pharmacy? Yeah, or a dollar store. These are disingenuous. These are disingenuous activists uh, trying to foment a new society. You know, the other day you had you had asked the question out loud. I think Rookie was here that day, and you had said, "When are people going to begin to flee the city?" Or maybe I can't remember if it was you that brought it up, but this is going to be the beginning of it, don't you think? Yeah, but that's always. Uh, I have trouble with that. Uh, it's easy to talk loudly and say, I've had it, I'm leaving the city. Yeah, but I, I got news for you. My house would probably sell tomorrow. Right. So so, yeah, so what... The second you listed. So what, 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 what's the point? I guess the point would be I could personally leave, leave the city, but there are many people who are not yet ready to give up on living in the city. Kenny's? But I could I can give them some reasons. Sure. Oh, I gave up years ago, Chris. Uh, I hate it here, but I also love it here. You know, I, I love my. I, I I would never consider moving to the suburbs if that's what you mean. Yeah. If I'm going to live in the hell that is the Twin Cities, I'm staying right here in this neighborhood. Because. Uh, but uh, I keep every time you say that, and every time it comes up, I think the same thing. I mean, I could, I I'd have a waiting list before it even hit the MLS. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and in in my house, uh, in my case, uh, presumably, well, let me start over. Not a seven iron from me. No, that'll give it away. Never <laughs> mind. <laughs> yeah. You're over there on Maine. Yeah. Let's put it this way: I know houses under construction in St. Paul. There's hell a half dozen new ones on Mississippi River Boulevard. So yeah. there are yeah, people it's, willing. It's amazing. It really is. There are people willing. Oh, this, at the site of the old Visitation Convent in St. Paul, which would be, uh, oh, Osceola, Chatsworth, Grotto, uh, just okay. east of Avon, uh, there's about 14 to 15 beautiful new homes that have gone up over the last 10 years, and they all, they all uh, apparently had to fit some architectural uh, guidelines to fit in the city sure. to fit in that neighborhood because you can't you can't tell the, where the new ones leave off and there's an, uh, a a sixty year old house it's right. just amazing so those people yeah. obviously are willing to and whoever would buy my house would obviously not only be willing to but could afford to pay what will be increasingly exorbitant sums of money to live here so I I need to ask because I made the decision years ago because I've spent basically my entire adult working life working in Minneapolis slash St. Paul, but I made the decision years ago I didn't want to raise a family in Minneapolis slash St. Paul. Is it is it because it's purely of convenience? You know, you're 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 five ten minutes from here there and everywhere because I don't the commute. I it's been a fair trade off for me. I don't care. Uh, it's it's that for me, Chris, and I I just dislike the suburbs yeah. intensely I, I i like 
I like stores, street corners, alleys, um, standalones. Uh, I don't like parking lots. I don't like malls, strip malls, etc. Let uh, me also. I just like the li- I like the city lifestyle. Okay. Let me also clarify that that my personal desire, for example, is not going to be fulfilled because the better half's not leaving. She's too close True. to grandkids. She's got too many amenities. She's too close to many operations in this community. Don't foghorn it. So that's it's it's a lost cause for me, which is fine. I grew up on White Bear Lake. I had a charm, charm childhood. Very lucky. One of the luckiest people I know. And I have grown to absolutely love urban living. And ironically, the best times I've had and the most times I've enjoyed the city is on holidays, summer holidays, when it's quiet yeah. and it's peaceful. That. And, and so when I say... Uh, when we observe that this will cause people to leave the city, I think we're right. But when I when I say it, I wouldn't leave the city because of a riot. That's that's not my concern. My concern is the continuing lack of political oversight that will prevent future riots. My concern right. is yep. that my yep. concern is that we are not developing a body of people who wish to take the bull by the horns and run for office. We, uh, we pretty much have surrendered the political class to left-leaning people who are not capable of governing a city the way garage logicians would so- sooner see a city governed. Uh, and I have uh, Kelsey, correspondent Kelsey, sent me a piece yesterday. It's by Kyle Smith, and it's in the National Review. And this fellow notes, I noted on Twitter last night that rioting coming right after the virus is... Sorry about that. ...is a catastrophe for the cities. Regardless of whether Trump or Biden is elected in November, it's easy to envision the following happening. Americans will flee the cities as they did in the post-1968 era. Thirty years of great progress for cities will be undone by the events of one spring. People will move to suburbs and exurbs. A lot more families will buy guns. Gun owners vote heavily Republican. People in less densely populated areas vote Republican, too. Trust in the government to provide basic services was already shaky, and it will tumble further. People who don't trust the government to provide for... To provide for them, vote Republican. There will be an increase in homeschoolers. Homeschoolers vote Republican. The involuntary experiment for telecommuting particularly among white-collar workers, has proven that workers can be relied upon to work from home. People don't trust the New York City subway anymore, but those who don't need to come into the office can live anywhere. This is especially true of some of the most successful people, lawyers, people in finance. High-income people will be disproportionately among those leaving. Let me stop right there. That may be true, but their dwellings will be purchased by equally high-income people. Doesn't that stand to reason? Of course it will, yes. Because they're not going to give these places away. No. The balance of cities, already hit by a fiscal hurricane because of the duration of the lockdown, will tip toward heavy consumers of government services and away from high earners. Cities will be forced to raise taxes. The taxes on high earners and corporations will seem punitive. Even more of them will flee as taxes go up. The thing, But again, only to be replaced, I'm imagining by people for whom that will not be a burden. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm terribly confused. Uh, the things successful people like about cities, such as high-end restaurants and culture, will follow them out to the suburbs. Corporate office parks in the suburbs will see a resurgence. People who stop commuting into cities will lose interest in them and their institutions. They will lose interest in funding cities. This will worsen the fiscal problems for the cities. Cities will lose congressional seats. Federal funding will be steered away accordingly. Voters left behind in cities will be a combination of the indigent, immigrants, working in low-level jobs, the young, and the woke. These people will vote for a hard-left agenda focusing on aid to the poor, forgiveness for criminals, hatred of the rich, and boutique woke issues such as global warming that will push the Democratic Party well to the left. In other words, the demonstrators and rioters are going to remake the cities in their own image, and it's going to be disastrous. Okay, okay, but that, you know what this kind of thinking presupposes? That uh, people with uh, multi-million dollar homes around a Lake Harriet, for example, are just going to say the hell with it. C- come on, kids, pack a suitcase, we're getting in the station wagon, and we're leaving and we're not coming back. It presupposes you're going to abandon your property. Well, that's, yeah, and that's not going to happen. Exactly. That's not going to happen. Right. All of what this guy says, uh, who is it again, Kyle Smith, in the, in the, uh, in the National Review, he, he, he's right to the extent that the left will continue to be ruinous. They'll be ruinous, but that doesn't mean people are going to quite literally abandon their neighborhoods and their homes and leave. Uh, I think right. it's a, like it's Mount St. Helens went off or something. Yeah, no, it, yeah. that isn't going to happen. So that doesn't make sense. And, and St. Paul and Minneapolis still have extraordinarily strong neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Extraordinarily strong neighborhoods. But leftist ideology does ship away at it. It does chip away at it when you, or you're, you're walking to a store in Highland and you read a sign on a telephone pole that says, if you don't want your stores looted, you better pony up. Can I add to that with an email from Tim Haran? Mm-hmm. He sent this Monday night after our show, uh, after our show on Monday, and it's uh, simply titled Protest and Partisanship Talking About Change. Minneapolis is a city with a Democratic mayor and a Democratic city council without a single Republican on it. Twelve of the 13 city council members are Democrats. One is a Green. It has a progressive chief of police who was preceded by another progressive chief of police. It is in a state with a Democratic governor and a Democratic state house. Every statewide executive office in Minnesota is either held by a Democrat or is officially nonpartisan. There is not one Republican as such holding a statewide office in Minnesota. The people of Minneapolis are represented in the U.S. House by, among others, Ilan Omar and Dean Phillips, both Democrats, and in the Senate by Amy Klobuchar and Tina Smith, both Democrats. I wonder if the solution to what ails Minneapolis and its police is really giving more unaccountable power to Democrats. Well, Chris and Joe, we're going to see a big change come election. No, I mean, not. the city woke up. Oh, I, I, you think I, so? I'll, yeah, I, I'd bet you on that because the city and the state woke up as to what what happened with our leadership, and the media turned on them. I mean, the media will not take J, uh, Fry's nonsense anymore. You know, they nail him every chance they can. And I agree with you about what happened on Friday night and over the course of the weekend, Kenny. But I wonder if over time that will somewhat dissipate, or do you not think Well, that? here's here, the deal. Here, We're going to be here. looking at Lake Street for uh, 10 more years, and they can't forget. Okay. Go ahead, Joe. But I conduct a daily social experiment. I've told you about it 
many times. I go to people that I know and say, will you consider running? I'll be happy to work for you and with you. I'll, I'll be happy to write things for you. I'll be happy to help you raise money. Would you be willing to run for the city council, for example? I can't find anybody. No. So, Kenny, Kenny, your, your prediction, uh, I would love to believe it, but I don't think there will be one iota of change. Not one. No. Listen to this. And Kenny alerted me to this. This is extraordinary. Several members, this is from Alpha News, and they often report things that the Star Tribune doesn't. Uh, I'll tell you who wrote it. Uh, this is uh, Kyle Hooten. This is dated today on the Alpha News website. Several members of the Minneapolis City Council want to disband the city's police force, and they're investigating how that goal might be realized. (laughs) Several of us on the council are working on finding out what it would take to disband the MPD, says Steve Fletcher, a member of the 13-person council that serves as the legislative branch of Minneapolis government. The decision to abolish the police force comes after George Floyd died at the hands of the Minneapolis police officer May 26. Okay, we have that. Uh, You go down, then they show some tweets in there, and then you go down here to pick up the copy again. Fletcher suggests that if the council is successful in abolishing the police, a new unarmed public safety group will take its place. (laughs) Oh, oh, you got me with that one. (laughs) And Lake Street will never stop burning. Oh, my God. He says the council wants to totally reimagine what public safety means. We can invest in cultural competency and mental health training, he said. He also blames the president of the Minneapolis Police Union, Bob Kroll, and law enforcement more broadly for the recent nights of violence. This is not the first time a member of the Minneapolis City Council has spoken out as Minnesota's biggest city burns. Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison's son, Jeremiah Ellison, declared his allegiance to Antifa May 31st after Donald Trump announced that the far-left group will be designated as a terror organization. And uh, here's the tweet from Jeremiah Ellison. I hereby declare officially my support for Antifa. Unless someone can prove to me Antifa is behind the burning of black and immigrant-owned businesses in my ward, I'll keep focusing on stopping the white power terrorists. Uh, they are actually attacking us. Well, I'm unaware. Uh, interesting. False? Yes. Uh, interesting sidebar on this uh, week of disturbance and violence and tragedy. The very people the left condemn and the very people the left are constantly warning us about are the, uh, uh, the hayseeds with their guns and their pickup trucks, right? Yep, that, we, yep. There was not one incident that we're aware of of, of of that kind of activity taking place by that crowd. The, the the additional miracle of the last 10 days is, other than George Floyd, no one's died. There hasn't been a rash of these white goofballs coming to town with wait, guns. Wait, 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 there is one incidence, uh, but it, they had permits to carry, yeah. and they referred to themselves as rednecks, and they were here protecting businesses. Right, right. <laughs> and they were on the north side. Right. But the very people, the very people the left warns you about and, and acts yeah. and cowers and get, yeah. gets terrified, they, if they did anything, they helped. 
if yeah. they did anything, they came to town the, to help. There was a video, Kenny, and I, I hope this is what you're referring to, but there was a video of two guys standing in yeah. front of a tobacco shop. Yep, that's it, that's the boys. I remember they the called one them, They called themselves rednecks. <laughs> the guy goes, and boy, they looked the part. <laughs> the guy goes, don't be messing with my chew, you know, or some, something to that effect. I went, oh my God, I love this guy. Yeah. Well, how did, uh, sir, how did you end up guarding this uh, building? Well, we, we needed smoke, so here we are. <laughs> man i need a smoke and he goes yeah we got all night we ain't going nowhere (laughs) let me repeat this let me repeat this let me repeat this this is see this is what would cause me to put a for sale sign up i i can handle myself uh with other things uh but to, to to elect people who continue to to drift farther and farther down this stream of insanity, that's the problem. Yep. Then the problem is this this guy, whoever the hell he is, uh, look up Steve Fletcher for me. All right. You know, what's his background? Uh, he uh, said, I know that. But I mean, is he? did he come from a business? Uh, he wants to have a new unarmed public safety group, and he wants to... Totally reimagine what public safety means. Steve is a technology professor. Lord, I love my city. Uh, yeah, he, he, I don't think he worked in the private sector. He's an accomplished technology professional, researcher, and community organizer with a strong reputation for bringing people together to solve problems and to get things done. His the way. left... Go ahead. Although, I'm, I'm sorry, he did start his first business, a small video production company in the warehouse district. Okay. He's of the ilk that keeps saying, that keeps saying, we're going to get, you people have been in control. Things are only getting worse. The left is in charge of both cities. They're in charge of the governor's office. They're in charge of the house. Things are only deteriorating. What change have you brought about? What change have you helped create? With each new idea of insanity, and no police force is insanity, with each new idea of insanity, you are taking us down the completely wrong direction. Well, Kenny nailed it. You you go down this path. If this guy succeeds in disbanding the Minneapolis Police Department, what you saw over the course of the weekend, that becomes daily. That that That's just going to happen all the time. Yep. Yep. Then it's citizens armed walking the streets and nobody wants to do that. We don't want to do But does that. he bring that up really thinking that that's going to happen or is he just... It's been brought up to a base. It, no, he's pandering to a base, but it's been brought up before. Uh, the uh, it, it's it's been thrown out there before in the Jamal Clark era. Uh, we should not have a police force. It's been there. Okay. It's been there. It's been there. Well, hell, you could damn near make the argument that if a mayor and a governor are going to handcuff you to the point where you're useless, why have a police department? <laughs> wow. Uh, Kelsey is quoting Fry here. Uh, now we've got entire corridors in Minneapolis where buildings have been destroyed, Fry said Monday. We need to have help to replace those buildings, to get people back on track. And I know the governor and mayor are committed to helping provide the necessary support. You're the guy, Fry, who told us not to worry about it. It was just bricks and mortar. That's exactly right. And now you're crying and have your hand out for more taxpayer money to put and back together as- what should never have been torn asunder in the first place. You and are inept. 
Yeah, and I think he played a role in, in making it worse, actually. I do, too. Wait a minute. His, I thought his we words were, early on. I thought we weren't supposed to go down that road. With that the was man. yesterday. Oh, God. Say, can we circle back to the uh, to the flyer in Highland? Yeah, yeah. What happened? Uh, where are we at with that flyer? When was that oh, yeah. letter written? And is anybody taking it down? Are they scared? Are they going to stay boarded up forever? What's what's going to be resolved of that extortion? When you when you read it, it reminded me of a mafia movie where yeah, a guy a comes in and yeah. says, "You you got a nice store here. It'd be shame yeah. uh, if uh, somebody <laughs> set it on fire." Isn't that something? It's exactly right. It's it's extortion. It's a so ransom what's gonna note. Hap- what's I don't gonna know, happen? Kenny. I don't know, Kenny. What the hell answer do you want from me? I wanted you to say I'm going to drive down there at some point and take them all down. Oh, hell, I'll do that. And In fact, the top line says, removing this flyer shows the type of person you are. You're damn right it does. Yep. I'm taking the flyer down. Because we're not going to stand for this Because I'm not going to stand for your extortion. Yep. Maybe put up your own flyer in its place. Or the ultimate insult is you, ta- uh, you staple your flyer over the top of theirs. Yeah, That's how it's done. You know what they need? They need a sign, and they need it fast. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. you oh, want to say? We gotta air that someday. Someday that's. I don't know how air. you can. Well, after <laughs> after I uh, continued to edit it for about nine and a half hours, yeah, we probably probably would be able to run that. <laughs> it's better than the Lee Elium. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> well, I was given uh, yep here we very go. few talking points and told to do. A uh, spec spot, for, for a spec a spec ad for a company that makes signs. Yep, and I didn't know why they made them, or uh, yep. who was supposed to be buying them, or and so things got a little, a little out of hand. And usually salty. You're usually kind of a one take guy. You know, yeah. you you rarely get rattled. And so when you uh, when you did, the staff was. Not very helpful in getting you back on track. No, because we lapsed into a great deal of enjoyable humor, to tell you the truth. Yes, we did. It was funny. <laughs> it was well, funny. Now it does have to be edited and aired. You're going to get yeah. demands. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, I want to comment. Today I have an email from John in New Prague who writes, I know you occasionally read pieces from the Wall Street Journal on the show, so you may already have seen this article, and the one he's referring to I did. I, I read it this morning. It's a, it's a piece I recommend it to everyone. Uh, it's a piece by Heather McDonald. She is a fellow at the Manhattan Institute and the author of The War on Cops, published in 2016. And she is writing about the myth of systemic police racism. And I can't read you the whole thing, but she is a stat master. She's she's highly thought of. Uh, uh, for me to even point this out, I suppose, like the emailer was worried that you know to even point this out, uh, you'll be considered racist. But she's she's got all the numbers, and statistically, there is no systemic racism in police departments. Statistically, now we get horrible, horrible situations like we had with George Floyd, but she said. Hold officers accountable who use excessive force, but there's no evidence of widespread racial bias. In 2019, I'll just cut to one paragraph. In 2019, police officers fatally shot 1,004 people, most of whom were armed or otherwise dangerous. African Americans were about a quarter of those killed by the cops last year. 
235, a ratio that has remained stable since 2015. That share of black victims is less than what the black crime rate would predict since police shootings are a function of how often officers encounter armed and violent suspects. In 2018, the latest year for which such data have been published, African Americans made up 53% of known homicide offenders in the U.S. and commit about 60% of robberies, although they are 13% of the population. The police fatally shot nine unarmed blacks and 19 unarmed whites in 2019, according to the Washington Post database. Uh, The Post uh, defines unarmed broadly to include such cases as a suspect in Newark, New Jersey, who had a loaded shotgun in his car during a police chase. In 2018, there were 7,407 black homicide victims. Assuming a comparable number of victims last year, those nine unarmed black victims of police shootings represent 0.1% of all African Americans killed in 2019. By contrast, a police officer is 18 and a half times more likely to be killed by a black male than an unarmed black male is to be killed by a police officer. That's just a part of the piece she wrote. It's a general uh, generalization, though, uh, for all police departments across the United States, correct? Yes, and what she has made her career is disabusing the left of this notion that, uh, look, here are the numbers. Yes, there are horrible optics that we get. In fact, those are the only optics we get are the horrible ones. Mm-hmm. We don't get the optics of a copper buying a bag of groceries for a lady. We don't get the optics of a copper stopping and shooting hoops with a kid on the street. We don't get the optics of a of a copper uh, putting his arms around a protester. You only get the you only get the George Floyd optics in this country. And that is that has helped develop which we should have seen. Thankful we did. But those optics are what are what propel this agenda. This dialogue that all police forces are racist. And she sets out to say, I can prove to you that they're not. Would you, well, I guess I'm asking your personal opinion and your thoughts about uh, MPD. What are your thoughts in relation to what you just read about MPD? I think MPD uh, needs a a thorough cleansing. Uh, I I think... uh, Despite all their good apples, I'm I'm of the opinion they have too many bad apples. You're saying from the top down. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And the you got to remember. That, wait, let me finish your thought. You got to remember. Go ahead. Not just Chauvin uh, held George Floyd down. There was a point in the video when three coppers are sitting on him, or holding him down. Three for no reason. None. None. St. Paul Police, uh, was a great letter to the editor in the Pioneer Press today. Minneapolis should take our police force, and the Minneapolis police force come to Minneapolis and collect our trash. <laughs> you know, a thought occurred to me the other day, um, because I, when you were talking about the home that Chauvin lived in, and also with uh, the, the other tragic shooting with Noir, Muhammad Noir, a couple of years a lot of these, it, it looks at least this way, that a lot of these Minneapolis police officers don't reside in right. the actual it's, city limits. They, they changed that a few years ago, and if I remember right, and I'm just riffing here, and I might be wrong, it was because they were having a hard time attracting job candidates, well, if I, I remember But right. I wonder if that plays a but role I could in be this, wrong. Kenny. You know what I'm saying? Because 
there almost doesn't know. seem to be um, a connection. Like for instance, I'm well, not, I can I can I can well, let, me, let me let me like you're not invest like you're not invested in the, in the city in which you're paid to protect. Right. I so totally, me, I totally get it. Let me finish the thought because when my dad worked for Rice County, it was required that he had to live within the county. And the same thing with the city. If you wanted to be a patrol officer, you had to live within the city limits. And I'm wondering right. if that plays a role in the investment of that community. And I'm not going to foghorn know. myself. Years ago, years ago, a program was started in St. Paul to encourage officers to live in town, and they got to keep the they got to take the police car home. And the thought was that car parked in the driveway would be a deterrent. Uh, but unions raise their heads and say, "You can't tell us where to live." And it's uh, union uh, police. Let me read you a, a text from a very smart fellow who uh, does not live in this state, but he follows our podcast. And he wrote, see if I still have it, I do. I'm not hearing you address a key issue. There's a reason Democratic mayoral regimes won't and can't reform their police departments. The police union won't let them. No different than the teachers' union. It's why public education and policing go nowhere and never will until you end collective bargaining for government employees, which is a, a long, long, twisted road to go down. We've talked about it before in this show. I personally do not believe government employ, employees should be entitled to collective bargaining because they are a monopoly. There is no competing force that would counter their demands. Well, that's a great point. There's no oh, compete. Yeah. There's no competition. So we're going to open the union door because I got a million questions oh, for you. Oh God! Well, I don't want to open it right now because I'm not sure right. I could answer right. a million questions. But my point is, send your emails to rookie. No, my point is, <laughs> my point is, government employees. God bless you. I'm not wishing anyone ill. You should not be entitled to collective bargaining. I don't have a seat at that table, and I'm the one paying you. Uh, sorry, sorry for going down this road. I didn't mean to. Let's do an off-air sh- portion because I, I want to talk to you about this, <laughs> at least privately. I, I yeah. need to I need to be satisfied with what what, what your thoughts are, uh, because I'm really at odds here. I want to tell you. Uh, all right. Well, I want to tell you an update from uh, EcoFun in downtown Forest Lake. Okay. Uh, there's no more free delivery because they're they're really so busy uh, providing GLers with great transportation that they there's still the service pickup and all that. But Tim wanted me to tell you that they're still giving all GLers pre-season sale prices while bikes and scooters last and pick up and drop off throughout the Twin Cities daily for a minimal charge, just like before COVID. And uh, in other words. You want to be you want to be safe and social distance. You need an electric assist bike from Bintelli. They've got them at EcoFun Motorsports. They have the small scooters that are a blast. They turn errands into adventures. They've got the helmet and the clothing and the full line of Yamaha motorcycles and side by sides and four by fours. A lot of youth stuff that's nifty and nifty and nifty. But they've got the bicycles. And as supplies last of the scooters and bikes. Uh, Tim Bloom out at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake, right on Highway 61, because GL, we own 61. That's right. And Dylan saw that coming when he rode Highway 61 Revisited. So it's it's all it's all part of a circle. Uh, take uh, EcoFun will take care of you right there at EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Here's a man who loves a good hyphen. 
Joe Suchere. Don't put a dash in there. Suchere will read the dash. <laughs> hey, uh, do you want me to read? It's MoShield.com. Right. MoShield for Mosquito Shield. M-O-S-H-I-E-L-D.com. MoShield.com. You don't need a dash. No. So speaking of that, uh, I have to read you this email from Robert talking about the dash, the subject line in the email. The the dash in Mo Shield. Yep. Reavers, I have a question. Do I bring my yard to them or do they come out to treat it like <laughs> Cheers, Robert. Yeah. Ray and Michael come to you. They have two franchises of Mosquito Shield here in the Twin Cities. They've been at this for years now. Their territory runs east of 169 all the way to the St. Croix River, north to Forest Lake, and south to Lakeville. You will enjoy a summer. Summer evenings, mosquito and tick free. This is what they do. They don't come out to kill every pest in sight. They come out and say, you got mosquitoes? You got ticks? You say call goodbye me now. Yeah. Say goodbye to them because you're no longer going to have them. Uh, that's all they do is get rid of mosquitoes and ticks. It's a proprietary blend of juice that's uh, formulated by the founder of the company. As I said, normally I would say, yeah, sure. I'm sure you're right about that. But it is. You can't buy it anywhere. You can't get it at Frantalone's. They're going to take care of you and your yard. They typically come out every 10 to 17 days for an application, and they do so until the mosquitoes and ticks go dormant. You can find them at MoShield.com. One word. It's one word, but you should, see, you should see what I'm going through. You should see what I'm going through here, Ray and Mike. Here's the copy they gave me. You can find them, and then they, whoever wrote this put capital M yep. dash capital O shield.com. So I was reading it M dash O shield.com. No, it's MoShield.com. Right. The emphasis on the Mo. You know Much what? like when you uh, when you criticize Royce of doing an ad and wondering what word he's going to put the added emphasis on when he's mm-hmm. doing a spot, same thing here. They wanted the emphasis put on the mo. Well, they can make this happen for you. They can make a yeah. make a, a summer of uh, mosquito free and tick free backyards. Uh, call them at 612-619-1556. I have a note from uh, our friend Kerry Clatmoran. Yes. Joe, I only write this because I know other GLers will share in my happiness. This morning, I took my little son to the grocery store. He hasn't been inside a store since late February. Oh, my. At the same time this was happening, my sister was taking her daughter, my niece, to eat breakfast at a restaurant outside. This is a momentous day. Never did I think I'd care this much about something so routine or what used to be routine. I will never take for granted taking my son to the grocery store with me. I even said a small prayer of thanks. Good luck all. Carrie. You know, she's spot on. The other day, my two heathens were, you know, at each other's throat, tearing apart the house. And I thought, what is going on? And and my oldest said, well, when do we get to go anywhere? And I thought, oh my God, they haven't been anywhere but our house and daycare for the past two months. Well, you Put a mask on them and take them to that's, Fleet Farm or something. That's what we did. We uh, we went for a little ride and then we went to a store. It was because uh, I thought, oh my God, he's right. He haven't they haven't been anywhere. Stacy, uh, the GL geologist, notes that mother is rumbling in Chile, a six point eight, a six point eight rocker Ooh. in Philly. I have this from uh, uh, Dars Ayers, now in Seattle. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. 
I moved to the world's taller buildings this time last year for work, Seattle. I lived in Rosemont and Farmington for many years before in Minnetonka for my entire childhood. I have listened to you all for many, many years. A story that I need to share that means more now than I believe it even did when brought up by you years ago. I got up on Friday morning and saw a post on Facebook written by the Real Farmington City FB page. It posted a post by someone I do not believe lived in this area, talking about attacking the Egan Outlet Mall. It was to happen at 12.30 p.m. Friday. Immediately, I contacted my in-laws who live in Egan, begging them to please stay home on that day. On my way to work, I thought of your show. I decided to call the Egan police and stated my name and said, I know this may be weird, but I am calling from Seattle and told the caller my history of living in the area and finding the site. She stated... Thankfully, that they were aware of this Facebook post and were taking it seriously, they thanked me for calling. So what, wait, so what made me call the Egan police 1,600 miles away? Not from a recent show, but from mid-September 2001, I heard myself say, are you in? If you want to protect your town, either living in the town or 1,600 miles away, it's time to be in and protect each other, your neighbors, your friends, and your family. Joe, I'm in. Are you? Yes. Pictures I attach are from the young lady talking about where to go, and the next are comment to post dating when and where. Very sim- uh, scary people and sad human beings. Uh, Dars Ayers, former Minnesota, now GL Sa- uh, Seattle correspondent. You got to be in. We talked about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. People yes, who are in are watching out for each other. Uh, Julia writes Have enough angry voices been heard? Might we be finished? Don't all human lives matter? I emphatically implore implore Joe Biden supporters to consider the following about their own political party. Was Minneapolis a safe haven for families, African Americans, and police before Floyd was murdered? Who leads Minneapolis? Is it not the job of mayors and current Minneapolis mayor, Democrat Jacob Fry, to carefully oversee police departments? Did Fry and DFL Walls recklessly allow feral rioters to destroy government and business owners, buildings and lifelines? What political party does Mayor Krusen of St. Louis, where a highly decorated police officer was slain, belong? It is not left-wing leaders who passionately, is it not left-wing leaders who passionately support abortions that murder African Americans at a higher rate than any other population group? Today, politics should be pushed aside as we breathe and pray. However, we are called to push back when politics politicians and leaders lie. Uh, Biden and his followers who carelessly use American lives to divide are those who turn this country into a battlefield driven by old resentments and fresh fears. God bless you for reporting the facts, uh, Julia. I, I'm going to take uh, uh, issue with Julia in one uh, in one respect. Uh, she, she wrote earlier in the email, yesterday Joe Biden famously manipulated murders and violence again as an opportunity to blame President Trump and further the Biden campaign. The former vice president divided our nation, as he said, Donald Trump has turned this country into a battlefield driven by old resentments and fresh fears. Julia, I love you, but Biden was playing to his base and Trump was playing to his base. There's, there's not a hair's worth of difference between them. The difference is that, that Biden does have a leftist ideology and Trump has no ideology. Trump is the dark star of the presidency. What can these four years as president do for me, Donald Trump? So, so to, to, uh, to accuse Biden, uh, to be entirely fair, you must equally accuse Trump. Uh, the, the country is divided, and they were merely speaking to what they perceived to be their half of the country.
And everybody and in situations like this, everyone's just digging in their heels in that yeah. respect and nobody's budging anyway. Uh, and this is from Jordy, correspondent Jordy. Most of the looters and rioters arrested by, and here we go again. Uh, when you hear this, remember that this is the result of the kind of leadership we're getting the closer you get to the country's tallest building. This is from the New York Post. Uh, most of the looters and rioters arrested by the NYPD over the past several days are immediately released as a direct result of New York's bail reform law, New York City Police Chief Terrence Monahan told the New York Post Tuesday. While the city police made over 650 arrests on Monday night alone, Monahan said that just about all of them will be released without bail. We had some arrests in Brooklyn, and where they had guns, uh, uh, and hopefully Brooklyn District Attorney Eric Gonzalez will keep them in, but I can't I can't guarantee that'll happen, Monahan said. But when it comes to a burglary at a commercial store, which is looting, they're back out because of bail reform. You're back out on the street the next day. You cannot be held on any sort of bail. I spoke to Manhattan District Attorney Cy Vance about that. He told me there's nothing he can do. New York's bail reform law, which went into effect earlier this year, eliminates the bail requirement for suspects accused of most misdemeanors, including burglary and stalking. Suspects in violent felonies are still required to post bail. Even before the law was adopted, New York law forbade judges from considering many suspects' potential danger to the community before setting bail. New York City has seen widespread rioting and looting during demonstrations sparked by the death of George Floyd, uh, an African-American man who was killed during a confrontation with white police officers in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The NYPD has stated that organized groups of anarchists are targeting stores in wealthy neighborhoods, especially in lower and midtown Manhattan. On Tuesday, Governor Andrew Cuomo slammed both the NYPD and Mayor Bill de Blasio for their handling of the riots. Uh, and uh, we have uh, a quick question on that. Is that fee just simply waived or is it being paid by with taxpayer money? Oh, I think it's just being waived. Okay. I think it's just being waived. I want to go back to the previous letter. Yeah. Uh, Julius? Yeah, it's something she said I can't shake. Uh, And it's this recent thing that's come up again, all lives matter, white lives matter, et cetera, et cetera. I think she's missing the point there. Yes, of course, all lives matter. But I think she's missing the point. The original point of BLM is um, they're they're subject to extra scrutiny by everything and everybody. And there's this systemic built-in racism that we've had forever and ever and ever. And it doesn't seem to be getting better. And one of the places where... A prime example of that is, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, is uh, I'm a middle-aged white guy in a big truck. I get a free pass. If I I do something in in my vehicle and a black guy in in a truck right next to me does the same thing, he gets pulled over and scrutinized. I think that's what they're talking about. Not statistically true. Uh, we just did the Heather McDonald piece. I, I know, and I, I remember that, but this is the point they're trying to make, and I'm not going to, uh, I, I don't know that it's our right to tell them that, Such. I, I don't think we can sit here and tell them what you're saying is not true when, when they have lived this life, Joe. They're well, I'm getting not saying, over I'm, all I, the time. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's not true. No one said it's right. not true. I don't think Julia right. said it's not true. Uh, Chris, play the audio oh, yes. of a black woman, I believe it's in New York City who had her business destroyed. It's uh, somewhat interesting to hear her take on this. Problem that bothers me. Oh, if 
You've got to be kidding me. Give me a second here. Let me uh, let me refresh my screen. You do understand what I'm saying, though, don't you, Joe? Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I feel bad that a black guy has to be nervous. But with the whole all lives matter thing, I think it's deflecting from the the message and and what they're trying to say and and the lives that they've had to live. Give me a minute, John. Well, I would still continue to insist, however, that I I have not found Black Lives Matter to be very useful in bringing about meaningful change. Black Maybe Lives they Matter. Will be. Black Lives Matter would be among those who would like to see the police department dis, disbanded. Uh, no, no, you can't say that because Reverend Christopher is a part of that, and he certainly doesn't feel that way. You could look it up; that it's come up before, and it's come. It came up in the context of Jamal Clark. Well, I, I just I, that organization is just being pulled in every different direction. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They've really been. Uh, what's the word? They've been they, they've just been compromised by all sorts of different elements, including these terrorists who are going around doing this damage, and then spraying BLM on it. Um, and, and the video we're trying to cue up right now is a prime example of of what we're talking about right now. And we've seen it over and over and over in the la- last few days, where black women, black men, business owners confront other black people and white people who think they're doing good. By breaking a window, spray painting BLM on it, and, and all they're doing is damaging their neighborhood. Um, so, I take uh, it we're not going to have this audio. Yeah, we're having some difficulty with this computer today, playing audio off of it altogether. Well, so I apologize don't worry for about that. It then. Let's not worry. We can about save it, it for just, tomorrow though, because it'll still be relevant I, I, tomorrow. Oh no, you got to keep trying because it's really good. I just feel for that organization and the good people in that organization that are trying to make a point, and, and it's been compromised by all these different warring factions. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. Joe, it seems like we are living in two worlds. I see in the cities a police officer kills a man in his custody. Here in North Dakota, a police officer is killed serving an eviction notice. I understand people being upset with the police, but I see they could be killed at any time. This week I watched on TV Minneapolis burn, and today I stood and watched a 10-mile-long police processional to lay an officer to rest after his funeral. It's a strange balancing act. Thank you for entertaining me entertaining me in my long days in the tractor, Darren. P.S. Royce's phone is awful. Uh, Darren has a wonderful yeah. point. Wonderful point. Yeah. Uh, the police have successfully been demonized by a progressive movement. Uh, we were talking about it earlier today. The only, the only things we see are the clips that help to sustain that narrative that the police are bad. I we didn't see the cop going to for an eviction notice in in uh, in uh, North Dakota and getting killed. Uh, we don't see police terrified for their lives when they have to go to a domestic call. But we do see some cases where, you know, for instance, was it the uh, the sheriff in Michigan? He marched. You know, there there are some videos that do surface that. Yeah, that, but, but but I get what you're saying. Yeah, the the larger point is that most police officers do a correct job, right? And and a very successful narrative has been created, whereby the actions of a minority. Of officers, of a, few, right. of a few, have developed into the image for the entirety. 
And I would imagine no one is more angry about that than good cops. Oh, oh boy. Yep. Yep. This, this thought of, of these precious fools on the Minneapolis City Council saying, we need to reimagine public safety. No, you, you don't need to reimagine public safety. You need to start enforcing public safety. The mechanism's in place. It's just been a... I, I continue to think that the larger lesson we learned beginning on Memorial Day was how inadequately we are governed. We are governed by inexperience. We are governed by only the left. And we saw that it results in a, you want to talk about systemic? It results in a, a systemic failure from the top down. Mm-hmm. A complete systemic failure. On many levels, yep. The citizens expect safety. They don't need to reimagine it, you fool. Well, and the ones, as, you, as you've mentioned multiple times, the ones that keep screaming, change, 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 you, you all have been in charge. Right. What, what, what exactly are you getting at here? Because your, your, your ideology hasn't worked. That, that's salon thinking there. That's a very great example of, of salon thinking, uh, of staring out the stained glass windows and saying, you know what? We shouldn't even have a police department. Let's reimagine public safety with a roving squad of public safety types who are unarmed. Are you out of your mind? Talk about the answer a mass, is yes. Talk about a mass exodus. The, the answer is but, yes. You're out of your mind. Such, I, I the reason I brought up much earlier that I think um, that there will be changes and these people will be voted out is the electorate. On Saturday, uh, in the neighborhood meetings, they were told to put the garbage away, hide the propane, take all this out, check your bushes, and stay home. Don't leave your house. Don't get out of your house. And I saw a lot of my neighbors not taking that advice, and they were from all political parties. Mm -hmm. And they were guarding the corners, guarding the alleys, guarding the nearby businesses. And that's both sides, and that's why I think we're going to see changes, because I think they woke up last week, and they saw that these idiots can't take care of us. Now you sound like my computer. Two things, two things, <laughs> two things. One, I really, really want you to be correct. But two, your hope is predicated on good people stepping forward to run for office. Where are they? Who are they? Right. And even one right. more step, and, and for those people to show up, you know, on election day. Kenny? Who, who is who your... are they politically? Kenny? They're, go ahead. Who is your council representative? What ward are you in? Uh, I don't want to give that away, Joe. Okay, but who's your council representative? That's well, not giving anything question. away. That's the same thing. <laughs> just, well, can I just have one little bit of privacy? Over okay, here? then here's what I was going to say to you. <laughs> I want you to run for city council seat. Oh, oh my God, no. That would I'm be not awesome. Kidding, you know my, but, but Joe, see, you know but, my history. I wouldn't, so even, I wouldn't even make it to the election <laughs> because I've done some awful things. <laughs> and I'm trying to live with myself and do better. <laughs> oh, I would love uh, to know, have you run. I've, I've said, bad, you know, come on, you know me. And, and that's probably another thing that's keeping people out. You know who should run? Rook. Now, there's somebody that could survive the scrutiny. Because Rook is as you see. He, mm-hmm. that, that's who he is. Could you imagine on election night? Councilman Rookie. If he, if he won 
how that party would go. Do you think he would do the same thing that Jesse did and look right at Rookie and say, you tell Joe and Pat I won? I think I think Height would be a seasoned, reasonable candidate. Well, I'm too old, to tell you the truth. He was John was in a band. You so know, what? And so John hasn't John hasn't done evil, but uh, you know, he he's, he was in a band. Don't ask me. No chance. Not running. Don't want to deal with it. To bring well, about yeah. the to bring about the change that Kenny envisions, and again, I could not root for anything harder than that for you to be correct. We'd already have to be seeing action right now. Uh, and not Jason Lewis uh, spouting off. We, we would need more ground level. Uh, don't fall for me. More ground level community based conservatives wandering up and down Lake Street and chatting with people. Would you be interested in voting for me uh, in the next election? And my pledge to you is, I will try my best to never let this happen to you again. And I will do that through enforced, uh, uh, tougher policing. Uh, not being soft on crime. I'm not saying uh, to be a right-wing fanatic. I'm saying get back to GL basics. Well, you know what the answer is, the reverend. Yeah, but I asked him to run. He won't run. You know why? Because he doesn't want to quit working, and do it, and, and he doesn't want to give up on his mission. Well, couldn't he expand his mission with a political voice? He could, I guess, yes. But wouldn't that type being... of a role take him away from the very thing that he's doing? Oh, he could but still preach on Sundays, but he would he be doing the work heard. of all the people. Yeah, and he's being heard more and more now from both political parties. They are starting to pay attention, but it's been a long road for him mm-hmm. to be heard, especially by the Democrats in Minneapolis who completely ignore him. Because he has conservative thoughts. Well, he, he owns he, a gun, for God's sake. But the Reverend, and he just said it on his video today, he votes on issues. He doesn't right. blindly support any political party, right or left. Right. He takes each issue and each individual as they come. I can't imagine there's an issue advanced by any member of that Minneapolis City Council or St. Paul City Council that, that would interest Tim Christopher. Getting back to... Uh, Getting back to New York for a moment and the idea that the police chief and the district attorneys are saying, we're, our hands are tied. Well, we, bring him, we bring him to jail and they're released the next day. They're back out on the street. Similar to that is the movement uh, by uh, council members in St. Paul, for example, to so minimize the scrutiny that a, a, a renter could be examined with uh, that... The, the political thought advances that we don't care. We're telling you you have to rent to who we tell you to rent to, uh, regardless of their past uh, criminal record, for example. Uh, the, or or the, their credit score, yeah. Or, or credit score. You must, you must rent. And so there's this, there's the belief in the salon that, they're responding to the people who got them elected by intending for them to have a, an easier life no matter how much they have to bring, a, bring it about legislatively. That we're going to make it easier for you to rent. We're going to have reparations. We're going to have a, we want a guaranteed basic income. We want this. We want that. While all at the same time, 
forgiving and making those people less than forgiving any expectations of competence and achievement yeah you're removing every aspect of accountability mm-hmm. yep that's exactly what you're doing it's just a crying shame now that's what people need to wake up to but i think the the idea of being lied to in that regard i i don't think that they see that as it being harmful to their to their existence but, but let's put it another way. Could you could you at least tell me this? Who's the council member that would represent Lake Street uh, at the at Minnehaha and Lake? Look could you look that up, Reese? Okay. Jesus. Well, you know, all I was you, thinking why about don't was you just give my address away. Oh, your address is here, one two three Main Street. What was the uh, what was the guy that that wanted to get rid of uh, the police? Steve Fletcher. Can you imagine? A city council meeting with Steve Fletcher and the Reverend <laughs> sitting across from each other, and he brings that up. No, oh. but who, who? God bless it. Tell me who represents Minnehaha. What that? Where that falls? Because can you imagine that fellow or gal leaving the salon and walking up and down Lake Street and saying to those people whose businesses were destroyed, "You know, uh, are you with me in reimagining public safety? Are you with me that we should get rid of the police force?" Are you kidding me? Are these people who represent the various wards, are they, are they aware of what just took place? Why can't I find it? Uh, in, in, in St. Paul, all damage it would be in the ward of Mitra Nelson, I believe. Yeah. And, and she's not interested in, she not interested in discipline. She's not interested in achievement and competence. She's interested in forcing landlords to loosen restrictions on who they rent apartments to. A- Andrew Johnson, a twelfth. Andrew Johnson. He represents a number of, of neighborhoods. You see Andrew Johnson walking up and down these craters of buildings and saying, "Help me reimagine public safety." I got your reimagining right here, pal. You moron. That's just incredible a, to me. He was born in 83 or 84, American politician, systems mm-hmm. engineer from Minneapolis. You just really bummed Kenny out. Yeah. Well, it's just they're all the same. I mean, they are. give them they all are. one name because they're yeah. all the same person. Yeah. That's, that's the, let's, this is bringing us full circle back to the beginning of the show. That's the problem that's going to cause people to leave the city again which doesn't make sense to me because they're not going to abandon their homes and they'll only be replaced by well maybe that's another way to look at it maybe they're going to be replaced by people wealthy enough to pretend they're liberal (laughs) (laughs) you think those people live up and down summit avenue are gonna uh if they put a for sale sign up it'll get sold so who is it that's going to replace them? Who is it ideologically that's going to replace them? Yeah, because I remember, was it was it that same area where the guy said, uh, with the taxpayer money, what was it? that Was that, that was that the sidewalk issue or was it the trees issue? Help me here. Well, they didn't they didn't want a sidewalk, and they fought. No, it's back it's it's the it's this. Well, there's another story though that uh, uh, what's Mike's dad's name? Mike Fratelloni. Larry. Uh, Larry, a story that Larry tells. And he told it to me. He complained to Chris Coleman about his taxes. And Chris Coleman reached in his pocket and handed Larry his wife's 
real estate card. That was the response uh, a prominent citizen of St. Paul got from, from Chris Coleman. Not just and a prominent citizen, a prominent <laughs> business employer, owner. Employer, employer, yes. and, and And Chris Coleman is Winston Churchill compared to the guy we got now. Which Stop. is another one of my horrible predictions. With each, we just hit it. What we just hit it. It's not the residents that have to move. It's the businesses. Oh, it's it's the businesses. Can you imagine if Frat pulled the plug, or anybody else? And a lot of those businesses aren't going to come back. And you know, who's to say they're not going to settle in Richfield, uh, St. Louis Park? You know, the inner ringer, uh, inner rings. Well, we, we're already damn near a situation where the only industry in St. Paul is dining. And that's been shut right. down by the governor. And that's been shut down by the governor. The only industry in St. Paul that was flourishing prior to COVID was uh, the Cafe Society. And XL Energy Center, right? Yeah. Which I just have this deep, deep fear that... <laughs> oh, no. Why would they stay there? God... I hope they have a long-term lease, man. That's impossible I, to get out of. I should, <laughs> I shouldn't have used frat because I know Mike and I know that he's heavily invested in the neighborhoods. He's not going anywhere. Well, he's a St. Paul guy. He yeah, lives in no, St. Paul. There's no chance he's moving. His but stores I, yeah, are. I was just right. He, his stores are wildly successful. Let me tell you, know, you something he, about that. He ain't gonna do that. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. Joe, after helping my daughter replace the boards on her deck a couple of weeks ago, I noticed her 20-year-old ga- gas grill was not functioning properly. Saturday, I asked my wife if, I asked my wife if uh, she wanted to go with me to pick out a new gas grill. She said, we don't need one. I said, I know we don't, and she smiled. <laughs> her next question is, are we going to a popular big box store? You fill in the name. I responded, nope, we're going to a garage logic store in Eden Prairie. They are a local family operation that can use our business today. We arrived and we were greeted by four or five friendly employees who made helpful suggestions, and we picked out a beautiful Weber grill that we know will last for years. They are delivering it tomorrow and picking up the old one as a bonus. Gordy, the manager, is a great guy, and I made sure he knew we were there in making that purchase because of garage logic and told him to please pass that message on to Mike Fratelloni. Mission accomplished. Just one of your faithful constituents, Jerry Nystrom. How about that, huh? That's a great email. How about that? Uh, We do have a bit of breaking news, courtesy of the Star Tribune. I know we're a podcast, but I'm still going to refer to it as breaking news. Stop right there. Stop right there. Yes, sir. But as a podcast, we do a better job of getting promptly posted than virtually every other podcast in the country. That's because I'm amazing. I know, but you can hear us. You can hear us every day. What, Reese? Give me the time. Oh, every day you can I, hear us. Bye. I try diligently to get it done by two o'clock every day. Yeah, that way people have it for the afternoon drive home. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, so see, go with your breaking news. I, I, I think you've set the bar too high for yourself. I would have bumped it back to five p.m. <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> no, I'm just trying That's to. Okay. I'm just trying to stick it to Barrero and Guardsy. Uh, yeah. I'm oh, kidding. Okay. <laughs> Uh, They're shaking in their boots. (laughs) Sure they are. Danny Uh, is shaking in his boots. (laughs) Uh, This from the Star Tribune. Attorney General Keith Ellison is set to elevate charges against former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin to second-degree murder. Three other officers are to be charged with aiding and abetting murder, according to sources. Okay. So there you go. Have they been arrested yet? I do. Let me check this thread. I don't think they have. I don't think they have either. That would solve uh, 
I would solve some things if they were, but I have no, uh, you know. Does I, that surprise either of you, by the way? Because it doesn't surprise me that he. Uh, uh, no, no, yeah. it doesn't. Uh, okay, the three other officers at the scene uh, will also be charged. Yeah, it doesn't look like it does not look like they've been arrested yet. Okay, I have new news from Schmel's countryside. Oh boy. If it wasn't good enough that it's 0% interest for 72 months and a 120-day de- uh, payment deferral for all 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens, including the Atlas Cross Sport, it's now 0% interest for up to 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles. You got that? I do. And we're certified interested, by the pre- way. Keep yep. talking. Yep. So, okay, I'll, I'll repeat it. Uh, is your uh, is Mrs. Reavers uh, intending to have a maybe a little larger SUV? Well, yeah, because you won't stop babbling about this, and so now she's interested. So we'll probably have to go to Schmel's here soon. So thanks then, a lot. Then I want you to look at the Atlas Crossport. <laughs> okay. Yep. Zero percent interest for seventy-two months. Even you can figure that math out. <laughs> and a hundred and twenty-day payment. A hundred and twenty-day payment deferral. Zero uh, percent interest for up to sixty months on certified pre-owned vehicles. This is Schmelz Countryside, a family generational dealership in Maplewood, on the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61. It's Schmelz Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat. I love all those marks. Here's what you do: you go to the websites, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com. SchmelzFiat.com. Then call for your own on-site sales appointment. Just you and a member of the Schmelz team. You're not going to be bothered by somebody like me kicking tires and asking questions, interrupting you, and you're not going to have the sales guy say, wait a minute, i got to go talk to my manager. No, hell, you'll be talking to the manager probably. Mm-hmm. Call 651-243-4316. 651-243-4316. It's Schmelz Countryside. 0% interest for 72 months on all 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens, including the Atlas Crossport, and now 0% interest for up to 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles, which means I have to go out there now and think, do I get back into an Alfa Romeo Giulia? Oh, yes, you do. Come on. What if they got an Alfa Giulia on the on lot with you know 12,000 miles on it or something? Come on, you're the mayor. It ain't easy. Let's I'm go. I'm the mayor. I, gotta, you know, I should be driving a ride. ride uh... Do the hot rod turbo version. Get that. Ooh. Like well, they're all turbo. 500 H. Oh, that's the quad. No, that's a yeah. quadrifoglio. Yeah, that's that's a that's a high test collector beauty. Oh I love God, that what Jenny's a car! Jenny's upselling you. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I haven't even left my desk, and I got to buy well, a more expensive car. Well, you're so low rent, Such. Get yeah. with the program. <laughs> yeah. I bet you fly coach, don't you? Yeah. Garage Logic will be back shortly. Canopy cares as we go through these unprecedented times with COVID-19. At the Canopy Group, we remain open and 100% ready to service our existing clients and to discuss options for new clients. In an effort to keep everyone safe, we have eliminated face-to-face meetings. We have also set up many Canopy employees to work from home in order to generate greater spacing within our office settings. At the Canopy Group, we realize every penny matters, We have encouraged our clients who are feeling financially stressed to contact their mortgage companies, utility providers, auto loan payment centers, and see what payment deferral options they provide. Many do. 
We also encourage everyone to reach out to the Canopy Group and see if additional savings can be experienced with their home and auto insurance. If you have ever wondered if you are paying too much, now is a good time to find out. On behalf of the Canopy Group, we ask you to be safe during these times and contact the Canopy Group at 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self-Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Do you uh, now successfully have the audio of the uh, African-American woman who was lamenting the loss of her business? I do, sir. Would you like to hear it? Yes. problem that bothers me, you says black lives matter. I work here part-time. Plus, I'm a part owner of this store. You said black lives matter. Why don't you choke me? I'm black. Tell Look what you did to my store. Tell him, Look Tell what them, you sister. did to my store. Tell them, sister. Okay. That's like, right, because I got their bags. These are my Look. clothes right here. Good Look man. Look at the things you've done. Good man. Look. Look. But black lives matter. We've been here all night cleaning up. All night cleaning. Because you got black people standing right here with them. Black Tell people. me. That's right. Black lives matter. Exactly. You lied. You wanted to loot in the store. You needed money. Get a job like I do. <laughs> Stop stealing. This is the neighborhood. We trying to build it up and you tearing it down. What's your problem? Oh, I love her. Thank you, ma'am. I love her. Where where was that again? Do you I remember? believe it's New York City. Okay. The American Civil Liberties Union of Minnesota filed a class action lawsuit overnight last night after several journalists said they were targeted and attacked by law enforcement while covering the protests and riots that followed the death of George Floyd. According to the re- to the release, the ACLU-Min, uh, Fredrickson and Byron PA, and Apollo Law LLC are suing the city of Minneapolis, Police Chief Madaria Arredondo, Police Union Head Bob Kroll, and Minnesota Department of Public Safety Commissioner John Harrington, and Minnesota State Patrol Colonel Matthew Langer. Uh, a rubber bullet shattered the windshield of a Fox 9 vehicle on Saturday after police shot a rubber bullet at a Fox 9 crew member covering protesters in Minneapolis. Over the past week, the Minneapolis police and the Minnesota State Patrol have engaged in an extraordinary escalation of unlawful force deliberately targeting journalists, the ACLU said. They have tear gas, pepper sprayed, and shot journalists in the face with rubber bullets, partially blinding a photographer. They have arrested journalists without cause and threatened them at gunpoint, even though these journalists identified themselves and were clearly in the middle of reporting. Officials said the lawsuit seeks a temporary restraining order and a permanent injunction to stop law enforcement from attacking and targeting journalists now and in the future. It also seeks a declaration that police conduct violated the 1st, 4th, and 14th Amendments. Law enforcement is using violence and threats to deter the media from vigorously reporting on demonstrations and the conduct of police in public places. ACLU-MN Legal Director Teresa Nelson said, We depend on a free press to hold the police and government accountable for its actions, especially at a time like this. Our community, especially people of color, already have a hard time trusting police and government. Targeting journalists erodes that public trust even further. Uh, According to the release, the lawsuit's lead plaintiff, Jared Goyette, was documenting protesters' efforts to shield and help a seriously injured young black man when police fired a projectile at his face. 
journalists aren't the only victims, Goyette said. Actions like this make protesters, people trying to advocate for change, more vulnerable because journalists provide a witness and police are aware of that. Without journalists there, police or other people in power can feel a sense of impunity that no one will see what's happening. Everyone needs to know people are watching. Uh, I don't know how widespread those uh, journalists were targeted. Uh, well, I know the one, the, it was at Andy Mannix. Kenny, help me with that one. He was the one that posted the photo of getting hit by one of those bullets. Holy cow. That looked, uh, that did not look like it felt very good. Well, it, you know, when you say rubber bullet, it, it, it makes it sound like it's something a kid could play with. They're blunt force objects. That's true. That's, uh, that's a better way to put it. Yeah. Were they targeted, Joe? Or I have no idea. Did it just ha- happen? In well, the, the ACLU time? says it was. It's, it's targeting. They've managed to find enough uh, journalists to uh, uh, construct this lawsuit against the, uh, the city of Minneapolis, the police chief, the union chief, the Department of Public Safety chief, and the Minnesota State Patrol Colonel. That'd be a lot of be a I lot of payouts one of these days when all the dust settles, won't there? Yes, there will. What do you think will come of it? Uh, way too early for me to uh, to understand what might come of it. I've never felt, of course, what have I covered? Super Bowls, <laughs> big deal. I, I've never felt unsafe in any public large crowd where I'm, where I'm reporting. I've never felt unsafe. How about when you uh, covered the fight with uh, Ken Norton? Then I felt unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Norton was going to kill me. Now, for people that haven't heard the story, go ahead really quick. Well, it's Norton and Dwayne Bobbick in Madison Square Garden. And I think the fight was over 13 seconds in when uh, Norton slammed Bobbick's Adam's apple. And he goes, I can't talk. And it's over. A ref waves it over. So there's a mass of us walking out of the uh, arena. And I happen to be find myself right next to Ken. What's his last name again? Ken Norton. Ken Norton. Yep. And, and I looked up at him. I said, boy, what a fight. And, and he picked me up. <laughs> he put his boxing glove under my chin. He kind of lifted me off the ground and said, who are you calling boy? Oh. And I said, no, sir. I meant, you know, holy cow, what a fight. Or wowzer, holy mackerel. I, 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 I. So now 10 years goes by, or however many years go by. And I think Norton's in town to fight the late, great Scott Ledoux. And Norton was training in a... In an area of either the St. Paul Civic Center or what is still left of the old St. Paul Auditorium, and I walked in. There was nobody else in there, but I'm I'm in there to get a column, and I walked towards Norton. This tells me he never really got hit too hard in the head. He looks at me and he says, "Don't you call me boy." So he remembered. He remembered. Oh, yep. Man. Yep. I said, Ken, I would never do that. I told you. I just thought, holy cow, what a fight. Boy, that's some fight. Don't that was you some fight. Boy. Oh, no, sir, I will not. Boy, was he a physically intimidating presence, too. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Wow. Yeah, especially for me. <laughs> you kidding me? The guy could have killed me with a flick of his finger. <laughs> Jeez. And because they come all the way from Mumbai, India, it's from Tom Lyman. It's on this date in Minnesota history, June third in 1990 on this day i'm just picking that one out because i certainly remember the hoopla soviet president mikhail gorbachev spent a few hours in the twin cities i believe that was a rudy perpich special and uh we saw we we were among the people that stood in the crowd to watch that guy walk by yeah 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 Yeah. did we now how how was that received 
Because, you know, I was just a kid back then. I don't Well, remember. we were, I think the it was general. Like royalty. Yeah, I think the general tone was that, oh, it's a breakthrough. Communism will end. It's just, it's just great. And then in 1999 on this day, Deleuze Ed Homer is the first double amputee to reach the top of Mount McKinley, wow. 20,320 feet. He had lost his legs to frostbite after a plane crash on the mountain in 1981. What do you, why am I... Nothing. Why? I'm writing a punchline down that I'm going to share with you later. No! No! <laughs> no, no apparently you're not going to do that. I think he meant off the air because he doesn't want yeah, to be... Off um, the air. Off the air. Uh, he doesn't want to be rude to the accomplishment of the gentleman that lost his legs. Oh. Which well, I think is a, a very wise move on your a, part, Mr. That's, Olson. That's a hell of a... Yeah. That's a hell Can of you a imagine feat? the feeling? No, that's a, a hell of a what? A feet. That doesn't work wait, either, does it? Wait a minute. Wait. It's a, <laughs> anyway. a hell of a effort. There you go. Pun What'd you intended. call me? That's <laughs> a, a nice uh, effort. Boy, that was some fight. Don't forget that seasoning when you get the Grunhoffers. Oh, I gotta get some. Dang that it. prime, that prime cut seasoning. Okay, but I gotta wait till next week. Well, because you're taking meatloaf. Oh, you're taking a meatloaf timeout. Well, I'm giving the GLers the chance to experience it. Rook, by the way, just well, although he's going to give us his, uh, going to turn him into an appetizer. But he had his first meatloaf over the last weekend, so I'm giving everybody a fair shot. But then next week it's open season, so you better yeah. get there now. Yeah, this is Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. It's at the north end of Hugo, and that's not a long stretch. Hugo isn't that big. It's right on Highway 61, and you'll discover. The meat market, the GLers have now called their own uh, brats, burgers, sliders, steaks, yeah, everything. It's just everything. If your store is running short, chances are you can get the meat products you're after. It's uh, Spencer Grunhofer's in Hugo. And uh, as we noted yesterday, I don't think Spencer needs to board up the windows. He kind of, uh, well, he keeps explosives on him. Yeah, Let's put he it takes care of it himself. You know, he, he's a very sound guy. And you're going to love the products. It's grilling season. There's no better place than to get the grilling meat from Grunhofer's. And that meatloaf we keep talking about is oven-ready, uh, fresh, homemade meatloaf. Uh, and most people can get home without gnawing it. Uh, but uh, Reavers has been oh. known to have one down by the time he gets home because he takes a long way home. I'm a uh, meatloaf guy, and boy, they've knocked it out of the park. That's the Kenny, best meatloaf I've Kenny, ever had. Kenny eats it with his hands yep. in the truck. Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a dreadful scene. It's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a morbid scene. It really is, but it's, uh, it's understandable once you have Grunhofer's old-fashioned meatloaf. Okay, GLers, thank you for everything. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, by the way, to download the PodMN app. That's right. It's the only podcast app made for Minnesota. You can find Garage Logic, past episodes, and others, maybe about local sports, news, comedy, true crime, and so much more. And also, there's a chance to win rewards every time you listen. Download the app today in the Apple or Google Play stores. PodMN. Listen local. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, GLers.